songs and some records to sample. What they say, where you from? Uh, uh, hey, uh, West Side is the best side. Welcome to Rap World. You don't need a passport, just a pair of headphones and some records to sample. What they say, where you from? Hello, hip-hop heads and horror fans. This is your host, 7 Octobers, here with another episode of Nightmare on Sedgwick Avenue. It's season three, episode five. Uh, today I have a dope guest. I actually just played a track of his uh, for one of his groups that he's a part of called Elephant in the Room. The track is called Passports. It's off their uh, latest album, so go check that out, streaming everywhere. Uh, and I'll leave the link on this video. So thank you again for tuning in. Again, our uh, guest today is uh, none other than Parker Edison. Um, he is an SD award-winning art uh, group of Parker Meridian. He's a rapper. He's a host. He's a podcast curator, uh, film director, university lecturer, and creative. I'm glad to call him my friend. Um, and I actually, I saw him perform like the first time I ever saw him, uh, was two years, about two years ago. I want to say at black expression, shout out to black expression, uh, where I've done a couple open mics back in the day. Um, and I was impressed. They uh, performed, um, a couple other tracks there. And I just was like astonished and impressed by like how, how dope they were. And, um, I believe his name is Nathan, the drummer and percussionist. He was amazing as well. Um, but without further ado, I'm going to bring on parker edison here what's up parker what's happening hey thank you for your time oh absolutely absolutely yeah i've, I've yeah. seen you you've been busy <laughs> you know the whole team we we yeah. gotta stay that way <laughs> yep man yeah. well thank you I, I mean i think this is like the first time i'm interviewing you um here on the podcast and even when i had my blog i think it's like our first time here so it's kind of cool so welcome to nightmare on Cedric avenue um for those listening in, do you want to just briefly introduce yourself um, for those who might not know who you are? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm Parker Ed, aka Jack King on Facebook, aka Cap Jing on Instagram, also known as uh, uh, the host of the PEP on KPBS. If you're on Twitter, um, you could actually save all that and just Google me. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And um, so your actual name is a Jack King, is that correct, or am I mistaken? No, nah, nah, that's an alias that's used for uh, for Facebook. It's okay, always, it's just and that's, okay, that's what I was gonna ask you. So where did that where did that come from? Like that alias, uh, Jack King or Cack King? <laughs> you know what's nuts is uh when I was like like in in two thousand and eight when people were just starting to get like emails and stuff, the homegirl mm -hmm. was like, I was like, make me an email. She made me an email. She was like, you don't want to use your real name. So she just found a name and it was, she was like Jack King and uh, <laughs> turned out Jack King is like one of the best poker players in the world. And so oh, wow. that was the name. Yeah. So I was named <laughs> on my email. And then when I got a Facebook, it uh -huh. connected to that. So okay. it just thought my name was Jack King. And then Cac Jing is Jack King in reverse for Instagram. Yeah. That's pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. 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 I always was yeah. like, is it Parker Edison or, you know, cause it's like everybody knows each other by their artistic names. So it's like, is it Parker Edison or Jack King? You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it's good to know which was the alias and which was your real name. Um, right. um, and how did you like, we'll start a little bit like from your, you know, from the beginning and then we'll get to like, you know, your latest podcast that I, I want to get into as well. But, 
Um, you're also, like I said, you're a rapper. You're part of a couple groups, uh, Parker Meridian and um, the Elephants in the Room more recently. But how did you how did you get into the music and like the rap scene, like the local scene and then expand? Um, and quick shout out to, to Nathan Hubbard and John Reeder from Parker Meridian. Those cats are, are everything. They're just yeah. the, the, the peak of musicianship. Yeah, they're dope. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I got in because I was, I was poor and I didn't have uh, money to get into shows. And then I, okay. I realized that roadies and people who carried uh, stuff into shows or people mm -hmm. who worked at shows or people who promoted shows got to play or got to, to sit in on them. And so yeah. I just started doing that when I was like 18, 19. And then mm -hmm. I went out of town and I was in like Washington state. And I started doing that at a radio station and it got me a job on the oh, street wow. team. Yeah. 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 So shout out 90, 90.3 FM in Spokane, the zoo. Uh, I got, cool. I got hired there. Yeah. KZZU <laughs> FM. I got uh, hired out there and that all that gave me the idea that I was like, Oh, you could do this anywhere and be able to get into shows. And I just kept using that formula yeah. in different ways. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, that's interesting. And how did um how did you start actually like become like an artist from like being like a roadie and all that stuff to like actually performing? Like, did you, did you already do that like with your friends or something? Or what, what actually got you to start rapping? I was, I was rapping in like the eighth grade. I was at Bell Junior High and I was rapping in the eighth grade. And I used to steal, I used to steal this verse uh, from, from, from Paris Smith of EPMD. I used to do his verse from Rampage and I would battle in like battle ninth graders in the yeah. eighth grade. <laughs> yeah. So I'd be, I'd be winning. So I had this reputation for winning. And then uh, I just, I just started writing me and my homeboy, the homeboy, Alan Trice, we would just be writing. And it yeah. eventually, you know, when I hit uh, high school at around, once you got into high school, that's around the time people could afford equipment. And so mm -hmm. it began to be about that. So when it was about, pens and papers and just writing and rapping in, the, in junior high that's what we did and then when I got into high school they was like yeah start rapping so we started rapping yeah okay and how did you land in like the whole like hip-hop scene in in San Diego how did that happen uh I was at Southwestern College and mm -hmm. I um well like I said I was at Bell Junior High I was always mm -hmm. in San Diego so uh I was uh before people were rapping they were house dancing so a lot of the the okay. rappers before were house dancers so um, I was doing that. So I was in a crew called uh, Play School, Play School Society, and I was doing that. And okay. those rappers, the, the the dancers got in with the rappers and we made, everyone kind of made that transition together. You okay. know what I mean? <laughs> and so that's that's how I kind of got in on that side. And so yeah. I was always, all that's to say, I was always in the mix with people and finding out about uh, functions here in San Diego. So once I started rapping, that's where I would start rapping. Is it like the improv or the loft or the red hot monkey love cafe or, you know, all these are like venues that had uh, rap, but they, they started off as dance venues. So I just followed the wave. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and how did, um, how did like Parker Meridian come along long, like right after that, or was it like a few years you rapping on your solo and then you started the band or how did that happen? I was, um, I was doing stuff in Spokane, Washington, and and then I came back into San Diego. And the mm -hmm. homeboy, uh, my homeboy Rev, was like, "I want to start a band." So he started a band with seven people, and it was called Six Inch Man. And uh, okay. I was rapping in that band that's here in San Diego. We were doing shows like Brick by Brick. Um, DJ Tram Life was in that band playing bass. Uh, DJ mm -hmm. uh, DJ Legend, who DJs here in San Diego, was 
in that band. We were all just doing stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, I was in that band rapping. And then to 19 is a, a to 19, the number man. Yeah. Shout out um, to him. Yeah. Yeah. He had been rapping and had, and had tapes out at the time where I was just doing shows. So he was kind of like the hot dude. He was the hot dude. You know what I mean? Okay. He was, he was in that space with like Oracle and all those kids selling tapes. And I was buying tapes, going to the improv and seeing, and then doing my shows. And one day he hit me up and was like, yo, let's get up, make a record together. He did beats. I did raps. And that was my first time just getting down to just straight raps where I wasn't doing band stuff, just straight raps. Yeah. So that began Parker and the number man. Okay. And, uh, we did Parker and the Number Man, and then once that stopped, I went out to Seattle. I was hanging out. I put out this record called uh, I Executive Produced Something called the Claiming the Community Project, and then after that, I came back with my own record. And I know it's a long answer, but I came. No, back. it's fine. No, I had to like you know connect everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I came back, and I did. Uh, I had an album, and I didn't know how to perform it because it was just me. So I asked Nathan mm-hmm. Hubbard. I was like, hey can you help me figure out a live show for this that includes a band? And he, he single-handedly was rearranging my rap album with musical, with oh, wow. uh, musical instruments. And yeah. those became the first drafts of the Parker Meridian records. And oh, wow. we did three Parker Meridian records after that. That's pretty cool, man. Um, and then obviously now you're, um, you also have another group where, where it's you and um, DJ Gargar, shout out to, to him, um, at the Elephant in the Room, which you guys dropped your first like uh, album. Last year, how did uh, how did that come about? Uh, I actually went to the same high school as Gar, but he's he's younger than me. Mm-hmm. But I went to the same high school as Gar, so we've always been in the same circle. Gar is an incredibly accomplished musician who just doesn't he doesn't put himself in the forefront. But he's there's a group called Eradio that's really known in local local band scenes, and he's a part of that. He's a part okay. of the Ehi's, which is multi uh, San Diego Music Award winners. He did. Oh, wow. uh, uh, Bully Blinders, which is another project uh, that that got the Emmy, the San Diego Music Award nod. <laughs> and then, uh, so I've always been around him. We would do shows together, and sometimes we would work together for fun. And we were like, let's just do a record. We've known each other 15 years. We know each other's style. It just made a lot of sense. Yeah, that's dope. And what do you um, what do you prefer? Like, do you prefer doing like solo, or do you like wor- uh, working like in a group, or is it just like you like a little bit of both? Uh, I like to be in a group. I like to be in a group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's better when you have multiple energies. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and, uh, like I say, you're like a, like a jack of all trades, um, pun intended probably because of your jacket. (laughs) 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 Uh, Um, yeah, you, you were also like on a TED talk, like SDSU, um, which was really interesting. I, I actually just... For some reason, I never watched it until like recently, maybe like a few months ago or something. Um, I thought it was really dope how you talk about um, like working various jobs and the benefits because you pick up different, you know, um, things from specific jobs, you know, where whether it might be like, you know, being responsible or, you know, um, work ethic and all that stuff. So I thought it was really interesting because um, I've had like not too many different jobs, but I've had different ones that were different than the others, which is pretty um, cool to think about. So how did, um, how do you incorporate what you've learned, you know, from your past jobs into like your current life? Um, a, like a really big thing is just always understanding like that this is not the end of it. It's not the end of the world. Like 
yeah. maybe the first five jobs I got, I was like, oh no, I'll, <laughs> I'll never work in this town again. Like, <laughs> they probably told me that. And, uh, yeah. Just, just remembering that and being like, there's more, there's more options. And, and in fact, the best thing that can happen is that, that, that you, you get let out of something because otherwise you'd stay there forever. That's true. Yeah. I remember it was a, it was like a random conversation. I was like, um, it reminded me like that podcast. I was talking to some lady who was at, um, jury duty, like about, I want to say like maybe two years ago. And I don't know how the, how the conversation started. And she was like, we started talking about, um, she was an older lady and she was like, um, I've had so many jobs, but I think it's cool because like, I didn't know what I wanted to be, but that kind of helped me figure out what I wanted to do. So I got to try a little bit of different things. I'm like, oh, that's, I didn't, you know, I never saw it that way. You know, I thought that it was pretty interesting her talking about that. And she's like, yeah, a lot of people think it's bad when you like change jobs, like really like a lot, but she's like, I think it helped me like shape me uh, to who I am. And I was like, oh, that's pretty dope. So she's like, I could say I lived, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, so that, was, that was super interesting. Um, so that was cool. That was a good um, good TED Talk that you had there. Um, did you, do you ever plan of like wanting to do more? And if so, like what topics would you want to talk about? I um, I lectured. I, I lecture um, at, at colleges now for 10 years. Like every yeah. year I've lectured at SDSU or UCSD for yeah. 10 years. And so... Um, and I, I often lecture on something that's a parallel or connected to rap, mm -hmm. often the, uh, uh, like the documentation or the culture of rap or rap as it pertains to religion. And so, yeah. um, I don't have anything right off that I'm like really, really raring to, to lecture on right now. Yeah. Any, anything in those, in that realm is always exciting to me because I kind of feel like we're documenting this stuff for future generations. True. Yep. Um, and your, like I said, your latest record that you had was Elephant in the Room. Um, and then Parker Meridian, they're like really like opposite, a little bit of opposites, I guess, of, of what you normally do with Parker Meridian. Um, I want to touch on that project because I know I, I didn't get to interview you when you dropped that. But what did you think that that project like uh, differed from your from your last body of work? What's the difference and what do you want people to like take away from that, that record? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you asked me that question. Cause I never, I never get to say that. Cause yeah. we have been doing as many interviews cause yeah. Pandemic. Yeah. Um, I, I wrote both of those records at the same time and okay. that's how, you know, how recording is. Of course, you know, you got new project coming out, shout out year of the underdog. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so I wrote both of those projects at the same time and I, I wanted it to come out as a double album. I was actually oh, talking okay. to both groups and being like, yo, can I, can I do this as a double album? Uh -huh. And essentially the band was like, we started the band album before. Okay. And so if we started them, and that's not what they said, but it was like, essentially what I got was, you know, we, we started this separately. We want to finish it separately. But in my head, I was writing these to, to play back to back. And in fact, if you listen to them, they mm -hmm. both end with a song that's like a, a there's a finale in, in okay. both of them. There's the uh, the exit strategy on one, and then get the f out of here on the on the other one. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's yeah. cool. So it's gonna be there's like parallels. A, okay, that's pretty. And I have to go back and listen to it then. <laughs> yeah, it runs. If if it, I wanted it to be like a double album because I, I don't think I've ever peeped a double album come out of San Diego, and I thought that had been. Yeah, that would have been epic. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, and uh, you know, the the Meridian record has 
has all the features on it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it, but it's Paul Jenkins is on there from Black Heart Procession. Um, of course, John Reeder and Nathan Hubbard. Orko's on there. Piff PCH is on there. To Nineteen is on there. So that's all the features. And then the Elephants album is just straight ahead, just me and Gar. So it's okay. double album. Nice. Um, and what's like your your favorite track off that project uh, from the Elephants in the Room? Winter. Winter. Why? Yeah. Um, I didn't. Gar, it's Gar. Gar wrote that, and I, mm-hmm. I, I was like, I was like, it started off. I was like, yo, let me let me give this to this rapper. There was there's somebody that I was that I'm a fan of, and I was like, let me give this to this rapper and have this be mm-hmm. this song on, on on my project. I always thought that's like the dopest stuff ever. And Gar yeah. was like, let me let me give it a shot before you do that. And I I was. I was real hesitant. I did not want to do that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he wrote it and he, I, I can't lie. I'm like, wow, that's the, it was colder than anything else that I could, that I, I could have wanted. I was like, wow, this yeah. is super, super honest, super, super real. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's the one that I'm like, stunningly honest. Cool, man. Um, and to like move a little bit uh, away from like the music, um, like I mentioned be- when, when we started the podcast right now, um, we talked about your the Parker Edison Project podcast that you have uh, with KPBS, uh, which is huge. Congrats again on that. Um, very dope. Uh, it's your like latest endeavor. endeavor. Um, how long um, has this been in the works and like how did it all fall into place? Uh, it's probably been like nine months that we've been putting, you know, putting it together and the paperwork and the episodes and, um, getting the promotion. So yeah, like nine months and, uh, it, it was almost, it was very much like a record. Like I was doing C-Ray, you know, Mm -hmm. um, is, is one of my managers, him and OG Hip Hop Eddie and C-Ray was like, yo, um, I think you should do these kind of everyone's doing these shows. I think you should kind of do this show on Instagram and be like a six minute, seven minute, just whatever you want to do. And my idea was kind of platform TV, PTV, where I take people around with me. Yeah. And uh, it was all, all that was all C-Ray. I did not want to do that. And yeah. I did it, <laughs> I did maybe five, six episodes. And I did the last one with Latanya Lockett and the homeboy, Id the Poet, who's a local rapper, mm-hmm. um, called me and he was like, yo, I really like this. Uh, what do you think about bringing it over to KPBS. I was like, you know, six, seven minutes. And he started telling me about the Explorer Fund and how that museums, could, but, you know, be uh, the funding for it. And so yeah. we stretched out the, the whole, stretched it out and, and did a demo. I think I did Nate Witzel uh, in the demo. We submitted it and they dug it. And so all that's to say, it was very much like a record where somebody hears a record and they go, you know, I like that, come, come put it out over here. So yeah. that's what it is. They let us put it out and they act as distribution and promotion and just the, the coolest cats, the most supportive, um, just completely confident in our skills. It's a, it's a we're very lucky, incredibly lucky. Yeah, that's really dope, man. That's crazy how, like I said, everything connects. Like I didn't know about It the Poet until I read that article the other day about him, that he works for like KPBS and stuff like that. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> it's like things Barbara's- align. He a three-time Emmy winner. Can we talk about that though? Shit, congrats talk- and shout out to him. He's dope. Yo, and just walking over. If I had three Emmys, I'd wear him on a necklace. Right? Yeah. He. I mean, he's pretty uh, humble. <laughs> Yo. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
That's dope, man. Um, and what do you, uh, obviously, like I said, every episode is like, you know, uh, you talk about uh, in the intro, it's like, you know, through the lens of the black lens and the culture, you know, of San Diego and everything like that. But um, what else do you want um, that you can share, obviously, because I know you have episodes that are still dropping and stuff like that. Um, what do you want your like listeners um, to take away from it? Because, again, um, I believe it was, there was an article, um, I think, a week ago. And you guys were like the number two uh, most like downloaded, which is fucking dope, man. Congrats again. <laughs> uh, uh, so you obviously have a lot of listeners right now, which is dope and probably of all ages. Um, but uh, what do you? What's your main goal, like with your listeners? What do you want to accomplish? Um, we're trying to do, we're trying to do a series. We we don't want it to be just you know. It's good if people can enjoy it episode for episode, but we're trying to tell a whole story over a season. And so okay. when you get all 10 episodes, I hope that conveys a picture. And um, in that, I'm, I'm using 100% rap to do it. The entire staff is, you know, Busy Balboa is is one of the, the reporters and writers. And she, you know, she's obviously okay. an, an artist and uh Kill C. Ray is the head editor, and he's obviously an artist. Uh, Trey Sojourn Hodgins is music director, and he's an, an artist. And so, yeah, um, want to tell this story. We want it to be uh, relatable to the world, but very much feature what's happening here in San Diego. And we want people to see that it's coming from uh, the academic and intellectual uh, yeah. minds of rap. That's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah, I was like, man, there's so many things you can do. Um, with that podcast, but but it's really awesome because I was even I was even thinking of like man if I ever had the chance to do something like that I was like maybe like San Diego like you know like myths and like legends or some shit you know <laughs> so I don't know season two let me know uh, I'll do the research. <laughs> hey hey I'm gonna take you up on that I joke with you not when they give us season two um I'm gonna hit me up let's do that. Yeah, for sure, man. But yeah, shout out to Kelsey Ray Busy and who was the other person you said was uh, working on the team? Sojourn and Sojourn uh, and Ed, yeah, yeah. Ed, yeah. Shout, out, shout out to them. Um, and what advice? Because um, like I say, you do a little bit of everything in the in the creative arena and everything. But what advice would you give to any any other creative or maybe just a person in general um, that is trying to make you know a living out of their art? What advice would you give to them? Be so patient. Be so, be so patient. And no matter how patient you think you're being, be be three times more like with other people and with yourself. Um, we want stuff and we have these expectations and goals. And yeah. we don't we don't realize that San Diego is like, we are as, as close to Hollywood as you could possibly be. So we're like, our, our idea of perfection is very different from the rest of the world. So be very patient. I say that thinking about people here in San Diego, but for, for anyone, anywhere, be, just yeah. be patient with yourself. Give yourself time that, to get where you're going. It is, it's, it's, take time. It's not easy. Be patient. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, enjoy the the process and the, the journey, even though it's hard sometimes because I'm, I'm one of those people. I'm not the most patient person, but you're right. Um, that's good advice. Um, and then I also wanted to touch on, like, especially like right now with the, with the generation and um, the era that we're living in with like, you know, mental health. Um, I myself, I'm, a, I'm an anxious person, but are you um, an anxious person? Are you like more of a relaxed person? And like, how do you at least like, um, you know, for like a mental 
uh, break days or self-care? How do you manage that? Uh, especially in the business that we're in, you know, where we're constantly being watched and you got to be active on social media. How do you handle that? Ooh, gosh, <laughs> please keep asking people that because I want to know, I want to know people's answers to that question. Yeah. I, I, I do. And I want to use it. Um, I, I take one, I, I treat everything like it is real. I don't, I don't, People try and act and be like, oh, it's just Instagram. Oh, it's just a comment. No, that shit hurts. Mm -hmm. That shit hurts people's feelings. All that shit is real. People are like, oh, just come to a party. It's not a big deal. No, that shit takes energy. It wears me out. So like, yeah, that's that's something. Like I'm, I'm I take all that shit seriously. And right off the bat, I, I factor it in and I take time away from social media. I don't. I try not to get into social media until I've been awake for like at least 30 minutes. I should go longer than that, but at yeah. least 30 minutes before, you know, I, I touch it. And uh, before I go to bed, I stay away from, from social media and stuff. I stay away from watching like the news and, and imbibing uh, heavy topics an hour or so before I go to bed so that I can just, you know, let myself process what's already happened instead of bringing in new new paranoias so yeah that's smart <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a super anxious person i'm an incredibly anxious person because i think being anxious just means you're trying to stay ahead i, I truly true. think that's what it is and now i just i say all that to say i i try and take space i try and factor in how much stuff takes out of me and i try and uh i try and yeah, trying to take space from from that type of stuff. Take a yeah, break. that's good. That's good advice. I might have to take that too, because yeah, that's I'm super anxious too. <laughs> like you said, I think it's true. I, I read a I remember a quote that it says people that are sad or depressed are living in the past, and then people that are living in the future are that are anxious. So that's why it's better to live in the present. And I was like, oh, that's that makes sense. You know, that's like super deep. But yeah, <laughs> that's a big one. That's yep. a big one. Yeah, so um, I'm pretty sure people can take good, um, you know, advice from that, from what you just mentioned. So um, to move on a little bit, um, like I said, you do a little bit of everything. Uh, you're also like a filmmaker, director, whatever you want to call yourself. <laughs> um, you directed the short film Run Rick uh, was in 2019, I believe, right? Or was it 2020? Can't remember. Uh, 2019, I think we did it. Okay. And obviously it featured like obviously uh Rick Scales, all like all these dope like cameos from like local dope artists. Um and how did how did that come about? Cuz I don't think I ever like uh asked you that on on any anywhere, but how did that come about? And uh who wrote the the, the screenplay? Was it all you or did you have a, a couple people help you with that? I had I had help. I had lots of help on that. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a script and then I, I pitched it to probably eight people that I trust and each of them, each of them like wrote something and took something out. Okay. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, and then me and C Ray chopped it to shit to, to, you know, cause it came down to what was, what was physically possible and what could be done. And so yeah. the editor always, you know, is, is, is a, is a reluctant writer. So he, that's true. We, we did that. And, uh, I wrote it. And I actually wrote it as a uh, as a three part piece. Okay. And there's still two more parts, and I'm hoping to get those done. Um, like next year, we might we might be able to. It'd be awesome if we could start the end of this year on the I sequel. Know. <laughs> That'd yeah. be cool. 
we need to bring uh, Terry back, aka Gene Flow. <laughs> Man, listen, we we were talking about it the other day, and we was like, what if we did like Cape Fear, where he's he's just getting out of jail and he's doing the pull ups? <laughs> oh my god, kill Rick, hey. <laughs> Yo. Dude, I'll play Julia Lewis. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm about to tell him. I'm about to tell him. That should be dope. Yeah, that'd be fucking dope. Yo. <laughs> Yo, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what do you What do you love about it? Like about filmmaking, and like, uh, did you enjoy the process of like you know like script uh, writing or like screenplay writing, or is it something you're still trying to learn? Uh, because I don't have to answer to anybody right now. It's mm-hmm. it's it's good. I'm sure if I was in a professional place it would it would mess me up but I'm, I'm pretty free and so I enjoy it and uh I really it's that's like the closest of a human can get to 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 like reading somebody's mind or being psychic like yeah if if you do a music video I get to see here I get the the context that you thought it I get the ambiance I get the people that you picture I get the colors that you saw it's all it's like seeing somebody's thoughts Um, and that just that's it's just that's the peak anyone who's doing other parts of art are just doing parts of movies yeah that's true that's deep (laughs) um where do you where do you see yourself in like in five years from now like do you see yourself like still being like a podcast host filmmaking or what's like your your number one that like stands out to you or do you want to do all of it I do want to do all of it, but I want to, I want to make, I want to make movies. I definitely want to get into film. So in the next five years, I want to be working on, uh, on another short film with this one funded and ready for distribution. Um, yeah, that would be super exciting. I'd like to keep podcasting. That would be yeah. awesome to keep. I want to do, uh, my goal is to do seven seasons of okay. the, the PEP. I'll settle for three, but um, the all-time goal would be seven and then to be working on you know, like a 20 minute, 30 minute short film and, and yeah. like on New Line Cinema. Oh, that'd be like dope. That. You know what I mean? Like still something underground. Yeah, keep keep me in mind because <laughs> I'm down we're for that do. shit. <laughs> we're going to do. We're going to do. And and yeah, we're going to talk. We're going to talk. Yeah, for sure. And I love, I love asking this question because a lot of people, I guess, don't really like seem, seem to ponder about it because everybody, like I said, is living either in the moment, in the past or in the future. But um what what has been like your greatest accomplishment as like a creative so far? <laughs> not not developing a heroin habit, like yeah. not, <laughs> like, not sincerely, like not 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 doing all the things that perfectly good artists do to to stop them from being successful like that's the maybe listening to my mom and then god <laughs> yeah that's, that's the, yeah that's it no it's just true man I was, it just reminded me of the um i don't know if you've seen the united states versus uh billy holiday like you know her with her her, her addiction i was like shit man um but that shit that shit was a dope ass movie like congrats on her um her win too on the golden globes that shit was crazy Killed it, killed it, yeah. killed it, killed it. Yeah, that that yeah that movie. I was like, man, it fucking like literally made me cry. I was like, the the intro, everything, like from the beginning to the end, and she fucking killed the role. But yeah, it, got, it just reminded me like of like how sad 
she's super talented with the fact that she had that that uh, addiction but obviously it was because of what she went through as a kid you know she was like raped and everything so i was like she was trying to numb the pain which i was like oh my god um but i didn't i the one thing i didn't know that i learned because i knew she had saying you know strange fruit which is uh like a civil rights type of song uh especially because you know it talks about lynchings and everything and the, the fact that it's still legal which is even the more upsetting part of it um so for her to have done that when people were like trying to silence her and being a woman too i thought that was like super brave you know so yeah. so many levels so, so many levels i'm not i'm not gonna segue because we could do a whole 30 minutes yeah just i know i know but yeah sorry i just <laughs> i just remember mm -hmm. that when you were talking about that but um mm. to kind of move it move it back to so we don't get off tangent um there's also like a, a horror podcast so i love asking like horror related questions to to the artists um so i, I think we've conversated like off the screen and stuff like that but what would what would be your top five like scary movies of all time and why um or it doesn't necessarily have to be five whatever you can you can think of <laughs> yeah 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 um i'm 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 a big fan of things that like really scare me so like jump scares are one thing but stuff that really scares me is is that so um hostile hostile 2 is really okay. good to me it has a lot of um foreign political kind of statements yeah. in it. real real subtle statements um so i liked hostile 2 i thought that was really really clever um uh number four is nightmare on elm street the first one because it's just just terrifying it's just terrifying uh, number three is halloween uh the mm -hmm. first one okay. and again because i remember uh i remember i heard this article where they said they they got a, a a wooden like a wooden thing and they cut a slit in it and then they they were slamming the knife through that so that you could hear the hilt of the knife to stop on the wood and that's the sound oh, that they were using that, yeah. yo stuff like just terrifying stuff like that is yeah. just <laughs> terrifying yeah um emily rose is is another one oh that's, yeah um that one is just creepy to me it's super super creepy and super super plausible um, yeah the 3 a.m thing even till today like if i wake up at 3 it just fucking freaks me out because of that movie that's sticks. how like haunting yeah yeah sticks with me and uh i'm trying to think for for one, I'm gonna say this, and I don't watch this movie. Ooh. <laughs> I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think. All right, I don't watch this movie, but I would be like, it's it's either The Exorcist or mm -hmm. um almost like it has to be The Exorcist. It has to be like the scariest movie of all time. So I'm like, it's so scary, I don't watch it. It's sacrilegious. Yeah. Um there's other stuff that's out there that's more brutal. You know what? Here that's that's my number one because it's freaking horrifying and then uh my other one that no one ever talks about this is my, my runner-up is a movie called man bites dog have you ever seen I've, that i've heard of it but i don't think i've seen it man bites dog is my runner-up it's horrifying okay. in, a, in a different in a different way there's not even like a lot a lot of blood but it's just mm -hmm. mentally there's something there okay I have to, i'll have to look it up what's like the mate like the premise of it uh it is a a mockumentary about a hitman and uh he just it 
it just spins completely out of control. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to check it out. Yeah, there's. it reminded me, there's a new movie that came out. Um, the guy from Stranger Things comes out in it. It's called, oh my God, I, I forgot the, Spree. It's called Spree. I don't know if you heard of that one. But mm-hmm. it's kind of like, it's, it's cool because it's like today's era where everybody's like filming everything. And this guy's like an Uber driver, but it's called Spree. And he wants to get a bunch of followers because, again, everybody's addicted to getting followers and stuff like that. So he puts all these cameras in the car and he starts like killing people just to get followers. But the, it doesn't work. But he just like he just turns literally turns into a serial killer <laughs> in the movie. That shit's crazy, though. You should watch it, though. It's it's pretty dope. <laughs> it was unique. I have to like I'll, I'll peep it. I can't watch a lot of horror flicks because I. My mind just goes. And so I yeah. have to only watch stuff that I'm like, do I want to sit with this for like in my spare time? Because I'll, yeah. I'll remember movie quotes from for years. I'll yeah. say movie <laughs> quotes. Um, yeah. So I got to be real careful, but I might check that one out. Yeah. Or yeah, because it's like it pretty much it it's the the horrifying part, I think, is more not even like the gore or anything. But it's the fact that it's like, how far will you go to get followers? You know, like how far will people go? Which is it's right. crazy, you know? Uh, but yeah, I, I recommend that one. Um, and if you could be in any horror movie, uh, which one would you pick and, and what character would you be? If I could be in a horror movie, <laughs> I would be, let me think, let me think. Damn, I gotta, I gotta watch more of your episodes because that's a great question. <laughs> actually, this is like, one, I'm trying different questions. So like, you're the first one to get this one, I think, or actually like the second or third person. <laughs> That's a fantastic question. I'm super curious about uh, the answer other people say. And um, I'm going to be, in, you know what? I'm going to be in uh, Scary Movie 2 because I feel like that's still a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, that's still considered people, horror. Horror comedy. Yeah, people die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm in that and I'm probably going to be uh, Marlon Wayans' character. <laughs> probably be him to be safe. Just to okay. be safe. Yes. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> and if you could be any like horror villain or, or final girl, um, who would you be and why? <laughs> I love villains. I'm a huge fan of the villains. Yeah. Um, um oddly enough, he's not like a, a, a like a traditional, but always dug Hannibal Lecter. I always thought that was very, very yes. yep. cool as characters. And I liked, um, I like part two. I like Hannibal and I like Red Dragon better actually mm-hmm. than Silence of the Lambs. Um, and I would probably be this, and this isn't necessarily a traditional horror movie, but I would be uh, Sigourney Weaver at the end of Alien 1 or 2. I thought nice. that she was awesome. Yeah, yeah she's, sure. she's a great final. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's dope. Um... And I don't think I've ever asked you this question, but ha, um, ha, do you believe in like the supernatural? And have you ever had any like supernatural experiences that you can share? I absolutely believe in the supernatural. Uh, my family has a, a my my mother grew up next to uh, several graveyards. My grandfather was a grave digger. Oh wow! So yeah, so they have mm-hmm. tons of stories in my family of of hauntings and and that type of thing. And I'm I'm a very much a believer, so much so that I try not to, to discuss it because nobody likes to be talked about when they can't get in the conversation. Yeah. Damn, that's interesting. Well, we need to have like a show or something because that'd be cool to <laughs> just talk yeah. about all those different things. Um, yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> um, I love. I don't know. I'm like addicted to like hearing like like ghost stories and stuff like that from different people. Because like when we go to Mexico, like um, a lot of my aunts have that. I don't know why. What it is about Mexico? If it's just because it's like more like old school and like little towns, but there seems to be like more like supernatural occurrences there. Because uh, I think it happens here too. But I don't know. I feel like it's more over there because it's like there's wooded areas and stuff like that, and uh, people are not still taken over by technology too much over there. So I don't know if that's what it is. People are more in tune. I, I'm a big believer in energy and in being in tune and that, that nature and trees and all that stuff, they, they help conduct that type of stuff. And so I do, I agree with you. I don't think technology and the city is, is as conducive to catching and tapping into that energy. Exactly. Yep. Um, and then another question for you, um, what is your, your greatest fear and do you think you will ever overcome it? Oh, you got the good questions. I'm, I'm checking out all that. I'm going back. My God, he's going to be good episodes. Um, uh, let me see. My, um, I don't like to be constricted. I don't like to be constricted in any way. I don't like to be um, physically and mentally. I don't like it either. I don't like to be put in positions where I have to do things, you know, for whatever reason. That's a, yeah. Um, and so I, at this point, I'll say this, I don't think that I'll ever have to worry about that. I hope I don't ever have to worry about that capacity job wise, because there certainly was a time when it was like, I had to just answer to somebody all the time. And uh, yeah, that's that energy is, is, that's like being tied up. It's like being bound. So True. that's one of my nightmares. Be, okay. Yeah. yeah. Trapped in there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, same, same for, same for me. <laughs> um, that, that should be a horror movie where someone's just trapped in a cubicle. They just cannot oh my get God. Out of that job. <laughs> that would be that. That's true, man. Mm. They start like having like some sort of like hallucinations or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> it needs to happen, man. It right? needs to happen. <laughs> um, what are uh, what are two things about you um, that people might not know about you that you want to share? Um. I'm a huge fan of animals, big, big fan of animals. Um, I'll stop being friends with you if I see you kill a bee. Oh, damn. Just, yeah, I know. Uh, just like that. Like, we're done. That's it. So, yeah. um, I agree with you on that one. Cause uh, for some, like, a real quick little um, antidote, uh, my, when my grandma passed away, it was it was the weirdest thing ever since then. Like I respect like bees and shit. Like I should have respected them anyways because because of them, you know, we, they make the the honey and all that stuff uh, and pollinate the the flowers. But uh, it was like when she passed away. It was like a few hours after, uh, and on the windshield of my mom's car, we were gonna go where she got cremated, and there was a little bee, like on the windshield, and it was raining, right? And my mom was trying to like wipe it off, like you know, just take it off. And it literally held for dear life till we got to the actual funeral home. And we're like, I don't know if that's my grandma. Like, you know, like it, it literally like through the freeway, everything raining, it stayed on the freaking windshield. And then finally, when we got to the funeral home, it disappeared. So I was just like, so ever since then, I was like, I respect these little beings, you know? <laughs> that part, that part, that yeah. part. That's uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty pretty dope. So I was like, yeah. Now I was like, maybe it's somebody else. Who knows? Like some uh, uh, somebody from the afterlife or whatever, maybe. Um, what what other thing besides uh, besides that like that you're an animal lover? Uh, animal lover. 
Um, uh, what's my advocate of? What's something I think people should do more of? Uh, or yeah, or might might not know about you. Oh, they might not know about me. Um, oh, I'm I'm wild quiet. Even though the only time people ever see me is when I'm talking. Mm-hmm. If, if if there's not a camera on, mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything. Okay, that's how it works. Yeah, <laughs> that's so, funny. If, if you watch this today, whoever they are, if you watch this today, just know after you watch this, I'm not going to talk for the rest of the day until the next camera comes on, however many days. That's funny. I feel like we're all like alike in that sense because I'm the same way. I don't, I'm not like a talkative person either. Unless like I have like a real conversation, I'm like super quiet too. Hey, have, have you ever done a day? Have you ever done like a day or more where you didn't say anything? No, I remember there was, um, I forgot what it was called in high school. They did that where it was like silence or something like a moment of silence or something. Like, I forgot what it was called, but it's like literally the people wouldn't talk for like a day or something. I forgot what it was I, called. That's something that's something nobody, nobody knows except really close friends. I, I, up until this last like two years, I would mm-hmm. do that. It's every once a day, every year, I would just not say anything. And that oh, would be yeah. a goal to just get yeah. people. So you have to tell people a week in advance, family uh-huh. group, I'm not going to answer phones. I'm not going to text. None of that. Like I might text, but I'm not going to use my voice. And so that's, that's a really fun thing to do. Oh, wow. I have to try that. It's hard because I talk to myself too a lot. <laughs> You'll find out how loud you are. You don't know how mm-hmm. loud you are until you haven't said anything. It's, it's nutty. Wow. Okay. I have to, I'll have to try that then. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and last question. Uh, what kind of legacy uh, do you want to leave behind, either creatively or on a personal level? Creatively and personally, I think I'd like to influence people to think things are more possible. Like more, more of the thoughts that we think are possible than impossible. Yeah, that's deep. Yeah, I agree with that. Like same thing. I want to do something similar to that. Like inspire people to like follow whatever their dreams are, and like I said, to make sure that it's possible. And you're doing that right now. I mean, um, as far as like the example, you know, like the podcast. Like I remember Kelsey Ray just talked about it last night on his um, B side show. How he said, like, that was his goal, like, you know, being on NPR and then now seeing it come into fruition, which obviously was probably your goal, too. So I thought that was re- really dope to see that happen for you guys. Man, and, and he's he's the only other person besides me who hears every piece of the episode. Everyone else just hears the pieces. And he sits there and toils with that stuff, man. Like, even when I'm not there, like, he sits with it longer than any anybody else like he's yeah he's the dude man he's the dude yeah i believe it yeah like when he was uh helping me with my album he was like hours there i'm like i don't know how you do it man i don't have, i don't have the patience like to be that tedious uh, i couldn't do it <laughs> he's the dude man he's he yeah man yeah shout yeah. out to kill c man yeah no i i believe you guys like uh honestly like i, I always tell you guys like you guys are an inspiration i tell you guys that because like a lot of people don't tell people while they're alive, you know, until like they're dead and like, what, what's that good for anymore? Right. 
So obviously, again, you guys are inspiring. You're inspiring with the podcast. Um, makes me believe that I was like, maybe someday I'll have like a show on NPR or something, you know? So that's dope what you guys are doing. Um, obviously for the city too. Not, and then, you know, the platform collection team, um, everybody. So thank you, man, again, for sitting down with me. Um, if you have any other future projects or anything like that you want to promote, obviously feel free to, to let me know. We can have you back on here and everything. Hit, hit me when you do the uh, when you do the the urban legends episode. I want to come through and, and we'll do like a roundtable on that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that'd be dope. We can do that like a special uh, episode of Nightmare on Sedgwick Avenue. That'd be dope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'm gonna put the little promo here, um, and then again follow Parker Edison um, before he dips out right here. Uh, Cat Jacking on Instagram, uh, or just like he said, Google him um on google and look him up everything that he's doing he's doing a lot so thank you man again uh and uh peace man <laughs> all right thank you uh everybody for tuning in for the other episode of nightmare on sedgwick avenue um season three episode five all episodes are on uh youtube channel seven octobers or my instagram igtv at seven octobers as well and thank you guys peace